I ended up in AA, against my better judgment. Uh, it was the only way I could, the uh, only way I could get out of the nut ward was to have some drunk from AA come and sign a receipt for me and take me out on pass, you know, <laughs> to an AA meeting. Uh, and AA just, well, it took me seven months before I became an alcoholic. And I wasn't an alcoholic before that. I used to find myself accidentally drunk, but I wasn't an alcoholic. Now that I'm an alcoholic, I don't even drink. Uh, and it's funny how dramatically I how dramatically AA has taken away my drinking problem. Now, don't, uh, I realize what I just said. Don't come up afterwards and tell me drinking is still my number one problem. I know that. But as long as I do the things I'm doing to keep from, drink, keep from drinking, not drinking is the easiest thing I do. Uh, it's dramatic the way AA has done that for me. I can't, couldn't do it. I can't stay sober. You can't stay sober, but we can stay sober. My efforts to help you stay sober keep me sober, but my efforts to keep me sober don't work. Uh, the, um, so it's been dramatic. On the other hand, AA has been dramatic in helping me with my drinking problem. It hasn't been nearly as dramatic, helpful, yes, but dramatic, no. Not nearly as dramatic in helping me with my thinking problem. I have, uh, I was going to say I have a lot of trouble with my thinking. Uh, I don't have a lot of trouble with my thinking. All my trouble is my thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've never yet uh, thought I had a problem and been wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I've never had a little problem and thought it was a big problem and been wrong. I, I am in total charge of whether my problems are big or little. Uh, in fact, I uh, any problem I have, all I have to do is to think about it to make it bigger. Uh, you can, in fact, I can, I'm so good at that that I can take an absolute, total, complete non-problem. Yeah. You can see that it's no problem. It's no problem at all. But if you think about it a minute, yeah, it, it could be a problem. No, yeah. well, just think about it for a minute because it is kind of a problem. In fact, I soon get the feeling, you know, it's a good thing I'm thinking about this because it really needs to be thought about because, and, it, and then I can watch it and by God, this is a problem, you know. And I, heard it, it, and I, I can't, I can't just have a problem without being obsessed with it. Any place I look, that's where it is, you know. And it gets bigger and bigger. And then I'm pretty sure I'm going to look at that goddamn problem. You know? And some fool will say, well, don't think about it. How are you going to think about it? You know? And I'm overwhelmed with this problem, you know? and just can't get away from it no matter what I do. It goes to bed with me at night. And 
finally the phone will ring and somebody I'm sponsoring will call up with some really stupid little <laughs> have you ever noticed what chicken shit problems people worry about <laughs> a pot behind a stove is And you know what they ought to do, right off, you know, well, do, say the serenity prayer, do the third step prayer, don't think about, you know, you can think of a million answers, but you can't tell them. You can't tell them, you got to wait. You gotta, if you just tell them right off, they'll think you're insensitive and you don't care. You don't, don't understand. So you have to listen. You have to listen until they feel listened to. And when they're through babbling away about their silly little problems, then you pick a number from 1 to 12. Yeah. <laughs> I've even heard people refuse to sponsor somebody that asks them to sponsor because they don't think they know how to do it. If you can count to 12, you can do it. Just pick a number from 1 to 12, say, work that step. You know, it doesn't matter which one. And then, and they say, oh, isn't he profound, you know? And they, uh, And you finally get the hang up, and you come running back and say, What happened to my problem? You know? You, know, you can't neglect problems. You've got to stay right in there and nurture them, care for them. Problems are very sensitive. That's a, that's a lot of water and fertilizer. Especially a lot of fertilizer. You know? Can't neglect them. I, uh, my thinking. In fact, I, uh, I didn't, uh, yeah, I'm sure you have it too. The 20 questions, the Al-Anon's probably may not know about it. 20 questions about, uh, are you an alcoholic? You get three or more yes, it means you're definitely alcoholic. And I, I carry them with me because they're good things for me to remember. And I like to substitute the word thinking for drinking. Uh, maybe you Al-Anon's might want to listen to this too. Uh, <laughs> But I like to go through the questions and uh, substitute that word, and you get real dumb questions. Do you lose time from work due to your thinking? Uh, is, is thinking making your home life unhappy? Do you think because you are shy with other people? You know? Well, of course. You know. Is your thinking affecting your reputation? You know? Have you ever felt remorse after thinking? You know? Have you gotten into financial difficulty as a result of thinking? You know? Has your ambition decreased since thinking? <laughs> no, to hell with it. Do you do you crave a think at a definite time daily? <laughs> this one's a little risky. Uh, do you want to think the next morning? <laughs> 
Does thinking cause you to have difficulty in sleeping? <laughs> Many a time, I've, my body wants to go to bed and my brain wants to stay awake and talk about it some more. You know? <laughs> Even now, often at night, I'll be sleeping and I'll say, wake up, wake up, we want to talk to you. you know? <laughs> Is your thinking jeopardizing your job or business? Do you think to escape from worries or trouble? Do you think alone? <laughs> Not all of you can say yes to it, but I can't. The, the, one, the one that says, has your physician ever treated you, or have you ever been in a hospital or institution on account of your thinking? <laughs> But the one I like best is the one that says, have you ever had a complete loss of memory as a result of thinking? You know? I shouldn't have, uh, I shouldn't have gotten up here and said, my name is Paul and I'm an alcoholic. I should have said, my name is Paul and we are alcoholic. I'm not alone up here. You know? Hello? They make a big deal out of schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is split personality. Split it, there's two. Two. They even wrote a book uh, about, what, Sybil. No, is that her name? Sybil? How many personalities does she have? Huh? 13? 16? I hear 16. Do I have any of that? Huh? <laughs> Anyway, a whole bunch. Yeah, that's enough. And I, I've got personalities I haven't even used yet. You know, that's. I think uh, what I've done, I've had to divide and conquer. I've had to divide me into segments, uh, pieces, personalities. I've, my, I'm. What's happened is I've been run by a committee. <laughs> and worse than being just a committee, nobody told me I was supposed to be in charge. Yeah. There's been no chairman. Whoever talked the loudest, that's what we did. Yeah. It's been by like a committee with nobody in charge, and uh, or like a like a, a crowded Greyhound bus with no driver. Yeah. And one of the passengers would get up and drive a while, and then they'd sit down. Somebody else said drive a while and sit down. We wondered why we never got there. You know. It's a, it's a, My head has been a condo for rent. The different people move in and stay a while, and they move out. And One of the guys up there is afraid. Afraid, afraid of everything. Don't do that. Don't do that. You'll blow it. You make a fool of yourself, and they all laugh at you. Don't do that. There's a one of them says, you're going to do it anyway. You're going to do it anyway. You know, it doesn't matter what you say. You're going to do it anyway. And we just listen to anybody that happened to be talking. There's one of them there that no matter what it is, no matter what the situation is, he always has the same answer. Let's have a drink. <laughs> There's really nothing wrong with that. Except that every time he took a drink, we all got drunk. (laughs) 
I used to uh, I used to turn on my drinker to turn off my thinker. That's the only way I could get to sleep at night because I wanted to stay there and talk all night uh, about the things in, during the day that I thought I'd handled very well and they wanted to explain how I hadn't handled them well at all. I'd really screwed it all up and in the morning it was going to be just awful. Uh, and I used to have to drink to shut them up. Uh, and I find I can't do that because that's... Uh, what time did we start, for God's sake? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's how God talks to me. He talks to me. He's one of those voices. So I can't turn them all off. He talks to me uh, one of those voices, and he talks to me as one of the many voices in AA. And I always have to keep listening, because I never know when it's going to be him. And um, so I can't turn them off. And today I don't want to anymore. I just, I found out a lot of times when they're all talking at once. Talk, 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 talk. Sometimes I scream out loud, who's in charge here anyway? And I take charge. And I decide, among the many suggestions, which ones we're going to follow. And so I'm taking charge of my life in that sense. And and that's the way it is with knowing who's listening to God's voice. It's kind of like being at an AA meeting. I let them talk, you know, no matter what they say. They say anything they want. I let them talk. When it's true, say, thank you for participating. Now, if you'll sit down, we'll call on somebody else, you know, and everybody gets their chance. My, uh, don't my thinking is getting, my drinking isn't that much of any problem anymore. I don't know why I'm having trouble with my eye. Uh, my, uh, thinking is less and less of a problem all the time. My marriage is no problem anymore. Oh, that's a lie. Uh, it, it, relatively speaking, it's no problem at all. Max and I get along terrifically well. Uh, I found that it's much better for me to tell her how I feel about me, how I feel about me, rather than what I think about her. <laughs> the, the, Because I am actually, I'm three people in the sense that I am what I do, you see that, and I am what I think, and I can tell you my opinions and what I think about things, and I am what I feel. And more and more we deal on the feeling level. I tell her who, how I feel about me, and she tells me. It's kind of like just being an AA, it's kind of like having an AA podium in the living room, the bedroom, in the home, and we deal in that relationship. And we kind of treat each other as if we were newcomers. Well, you taught me how to, how to love, how to, none of this 50-50 marriage stuff. It's 100%. You don't, you don't say to an, a newcomer, 50-50, yeah. I'll pick you up and take you to three meetings if you promise not to drink after that, or if you promise to stand up at a convention and tell them who did that, or, or whatever. There's no bargaining, you just do it. You don't ask anything of a newcomer, you don't even ask them to quit drinking. You give, and you you're grateful for the opportunity to give. And Max and I are trying to carry that more into our marriage, into give instead of what we get. A 50-50 thing was no good. I, I used to watch to see how, what I gave my only 50, and then I decided my 50 was greater than her 50, and, and that sort of thing. And I would take some back, and then she'd take some back, and that, that never worked. So the marriage thing is getting better. 
Uh, and uh, the sleep thing is no problem anymore. It's no, I've commonly stated at my home group and other places that I've turned my will and my life and my sleep over the care of God. And that way, if I ever die from lack of sleep, we'll know who to blame. And, they, and with that threat, he sees that I get all the sleep I need. I may not get all I want, but I get all I need. And it's just none of my business whether I sleep or not. My job is to lie down and relax and focus my attention on one thing, whatever that is. If, uh, and pretty soon my brain gets bored with that and says to hell with it and shuts up and goes to sleep. And... Uh, I decided that if I have the big book by my bedstand and I'm either willing to lie there and rest and either rest or read, I'll either be a good, <clears throat> good sleeper or an authority on the big book. Yeah. <laughs> and either way, it works out all right. So I, whether or not I sleep is not my problem. And that, that part's better. And um, I've decided that we need to... Uh, I need to focus more on whether or not I'm enjoying life. We talk about it being the great life and the happy life. Uh, if I, my feeling is that if I'm not enjoying my sobriety, if I'm not enjoying my program, I'm not doing it right. I came here to work on problems and, and work on uh, and, and try to find solutions that you could work on. And I found out you're not supposed to do that. Uh, everything is let the problem alone and work on yourself I've heard it said our problems are always in ourselves we are always the problem I'm not sure that's always true I think it's largely true but I think a lot of times the problem is out there but we find inside answers to outside problems no matter where the problem is whether it's outside or inside the answer is inside we find inside answers happiness is an inside job and uh Working on a problem makes it worse. What I need to do, to do is to act as if I had the answer and move on into answer. That's how I got sober. It took me seven months of coming to meetings before, as I said, before I could turn into an alcoholic. There are several things that I heard that stand out in my mind that helped me make that switch over to being an alcoholic. One of them was, I remember the guy, a big husky, healthy guy stood up there and said, if I don't drink today, I'm a success today. And I said, oh my God. What a goal in life to be brag about not having a beer today or something. And yet, today I realize that, that the most important thing I can do today is to not take a drink. And my primary goal in life, my primary goal in life is to be a successful member of AA. Successful can mean whatever you want it to mean. I vary a little bit, but myself from time to time. But I don't know any successful members who drink <laughs> or take pills. <laughs> or smoke those funny cigarettes. Uh, I want to be a successful member of AA. That's my primary goal in life. They, uh, and I... I also heard somebody say of themselves, they stood at the podium and they said, I was judging me by my intentions and the world was judging me by my actions. And God, that was painful to hear him say that. Because I've always had a, been a man of tremendous good intentions. 
I've always wanted to be a better doctor, better husband, better father, better man, better everything. I've always had tremendous, always been in a let's be a better person business. And when he said, that person said that, I just stripped myself of my intentions and looked just at my actions. And I turned out to be a drunken doctor, a drunken husband, a drunken father, a drunken citizen, a drunken neighbor, just a common, ordinary drunk. And it was painful, but it was uh, very meaningful to me. And one of the things that really clinched it was the time that somebody said, Good, I spent all this time trying to figure out, is I really or is I ain't? And finally somebody said, of themselves, they said, I would rather be an AA by mistake than out there by mistake. And I made it two columns. What it costs to go on drinking. We complain about the high cost of inflation, but the high cost of drinking is just tremendous. An instant death. What does it cost to be an AA? You gave up a weekend to come here. Isn't that painful? Uh, uh, the, um, so it, it seemed to me like the logical thing to do. And at that moment, I switched from living in the problem to living in the answer. I accepted the fact that I did have a drinking problem. Probably was even a serious problem. In fact, I might even be a kind of alcoholic. Some mild kind, you know. <laughs> I bet there are people out here today that aren't, don't think they're really, 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 really alcoholic. <laughs> I just want to say to you, you don't, you don't really have to be all that bad. You know. you can, in fact, you can even lie a little bit. You know, uh, I did. And... Uh, I've never seen anybody ask to leave AA because they weren't alcoholic enough. The, uh, I've seen a lot of people leave because they didn't think they were alcoholic enough. Never seen one of them come back, if they got back, who didn't come back more alcoholic than they left. You know. The, uh, but uh, so there's two ways to become more alcoholic. You can either drink some more, which is a painful way, and you might never get another crack at sobriety, or you can stay. And as you stay, you'll become more alcoholic even as I did, because everything I'm telling you tonight, I didn't know when I came here. didn't remember. And uh, it's, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to be all that bad to, be, to belong here. I hesitate to say this publicly, but it's, actually we're generally well known for the fact that in this organization we'll take just about anybody, you know. <laughs> and, Uh, acceptance was the key to sobriety for me and acceptance is the key to serenity for me. Accepting, accepting life on life's terms, accepting life as it is rather than as I wish it were. And my, my thing through life always has been to, uh, it's okay to be upset as long as you knew what you're upset about and it was a good reason. And my favorite story was to talk about what Max had done. Let me tell you what she did now, sort of thing. And always explaining it based on what she had done now. I remember not too long ago, I, was I called my sponsor and I was uh, telling him something that Max had done again. And I guess he had heard this often enough that he was getting a little tired of it. And uh, his favorite expression is, well, whatever. <laughs> if you haven't got a sponsor yet, don't pick one who says, well, whatever. You know? uh, 
I was telling him about Max, and he says something, he stopped me, and he says, well, why don't you just put it out of your mind for a couple of days? And I said, what do you mean, put it out of my mind for a couple of days? In two days, I'll forget about it, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so am I, what I've had to do with, with one of the most difficult things I did I've always had the feeling I would be a different husband if Max were a different wife. And one of the gals at my morning meeting said that her sponsor had told her that her job wasn't to make her husband a better husband. Her job was to make herself a better wife. And I tried to accept the challenge of being the husband I would be if Max were the perfect spouse. Don't try that if you're not ready for it. You know, it's, uh, it's a hard one to carry off, I'll tell you. Uh, so anyway, my relationship with Max is better. My relationship with God is far better. I have a whole... A lot of people have had to change spouses. I didn't. I've changed God concepts. I have a different relation, different God, different relationship with God. We get along fine today. We're good friends. We ride to work together every morning, uh, except on the days when he forgets. And... Uh, they, they, uh, and I no longer tell him things to do because in, um, I tell him, you, I'll pedal and you steer. And uh, for God's sake, watch where you're going. Think uh, <laughs> of some of the places we have been, you know. And uh, he's got a lot more time now because I don't tell him things to do and things to keep from happening. And as a result of that, you might be interested in this, as a result of that, I rent him out. God, I rent him out free. So any of you don't have a God that you can rely on and use and believe in or anything else, use my God. Just just go ahead and use him. Just tell him I sent you. And uh, and uh, see how it works. If you, work, if, if you don't have to believe in him. Just believe that I believe and use him. And it, actually what that is like is, is, is as if I told you there was, I gave you a, a book of blank checks in and said there was a million dollars in an account. Go ahead and write checks. Now, you could be too smart. You could just know that wasn't true. <laughs> and be so smart that you wouldn't write any checks. And you'd be right. Because for you, there wouldn't be any money. But if you wrote a check and they cashed it, and you wrote another check and they cashed it, the more checks you wrote and they cashed, the more you'd be likely to write. And for you, it would be true. And that's the only way you'll ever find out whether God is there or not. You're going to have to write checks. And if they cash them, fine. You know, what's, even if he's not there, you've got the money, you know. So, uh, that's, that's the way God works for me. He and I are good friends, and you're free to use them anytime you want. I, uh, my God is not so hooked on this heaven and hell business. He's, I've been told all my life that I'm going to go to hell. I've been told all my life. Priests, ministers, nuns, clergymen, have been telling me all the time. I have to, if, I'm, if I don't do what they tell me to do, God's going to send me to hell. Uh, heaven or hell, one or the other, but it's most likely hell. Uh, when we die, we're going to go to the pearly gates. And before we get in, we have a pre-admission interview with God. 
And he's going to say, well, you're good. And based on that, he's going to send you to eternal reward or eternal damnation. I've never met anybody who's had their interview. <laughs> I've never met anybody who met anybody who's had their interview. So it, wouldn't, it must be true. They wouldn't tell us if it weren't true. But I'm still not absolutely sure. And it might be just a theory. And as such, I'm allowed to have my own theory. And I think, I think God has just gone to a hell of a lot of trouble. Excuse me, God. God has gone to a lot of trouble to make us happy. He's done all kinds of things to me. Why, why so many joyous occasions? Why so many occasions for joy? Why so many varieties of beauty? Why so many opportunities for love? I think, I think, I think he really is much more concerned with whether we're enjoying it, whether we're happy or not, and just exactly what we've done every minute in our bedroom, and whether we had a dirty thought or not. I think he really wants us happy. And it's my feeling, at least it is with my God, that when we get there, if we get to a pearly gate, and if there is a pre-admission interview, he's not going to say, were you good? According to the current theory, he's got a book full of marks that proves that anyway. He doesn't need to ask you. What he's going to say is, you know, I've been working hard. To, I've been staying up day and night, giving you everything you need to be happy. I may not give you everything you want, but I've given you everything you need to be happy. Now tell me the truth. Did you enjoy it down there? And if you say, well, gee, God, if you'd have told me. Uh, you know, he'd probably say, now quit stalling. Just tell me the truth. Did you, were you happy? Did you enjoy it? And if you say, well, not really, God. You'd probably say, well, you can go to hell. You know, <laughs> Thank you very much.